Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 303 of Cantira MX Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jaime Landeros. Joining me tonight is Joel. We will be talking about the rest of the Liga MX fixtures last weekend. And we will also be talking about CONCACAF's announcement tonight about the League's Cup, a.k.a. the Superliga, a.k.a. a Mickey Mouse tournament. We're going to talk all about that tonight. And uh, before I go any further, just want to let everybody know uh, we will not be talking about Chivas tonight. We had a impromptu episode on Sunday. We covered all the news surrounding Vucetic. We might talk a little bit about uh, who's going to take over, but if you give us that episode, make sure to check us on iTunes and Spotify. It's already up online. Anyways, let me bring Joel. Joel, how are we doing? I'm doing very good. I know. I'm enjoying this this quality mango michelada from Estrella de Jalisco. Actually, it's just Estrella Jalisco. Uh, in conjunction with Golden Road and the good people at Clamato. So, yeah, not bad. Sounds refreshing, especially because uh, someone needs to let California know that uh, summer is over. Or at least summer's supposed to be over. It's true. It's true. So, Jaime, are you excited for this new new cup? New old new cup? <laughs> yeah, so pretty much what's going on is uh, this League's Cup that was in its first iteration uh, this this season. We have uh, Leon versus Seattle Sounders tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, to dispute this cup that really just had a lot of question marks. Really not sure what it was. Reincarnation of Superliga back in the day when MLS and Liga Mekis tried to make something happen. Well, today it's officially a CONCACAF sanctioned tournament and they're expanding it and it's going to allow the entire MLS and the entire Liga Mex to participate in a knockout tournament. Uh, the winner will get a direct ticket to the CONCACAF Champions League and uh, should gener- generate a lot of revenue. It's going to all take place in the United States. And, uh, well, like, w- what's your take on this? What's going on? I like it, Jaime. <clears throat> I mean, it's played in one month. Those Mexican teams... What they do in that month, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be during the preseason for the Mexican teams. They all just play moleros. Might as well play some games that mean a bit more and more importantly puts money in their pockets. And for my goats, you said we will not talk about Chivas, but they need money. And, and you know, this is molero televised. Not only do they get to play this cup, but if provided they did well, they qualify to the other cup. And if they continue the way they have been, where they can't even get to Liguilla, at least they're playing these these other tournaments. And and you need that, you know, all jokes aside, you need that as a club, the more more tournaments you're playing, um, just to stay active and generate more money. Because since the whole COVID thing hit, and a lot of these clubs weren't able to play 
um, especially come play in the U.S. And that I know that has affected a lot of teams. So what you're saying is this just boils down to money, very similar to like when uh, they were trying to create like a super league in Europe just to quickly generate money uh, from COVID and everybody losing money last year. So it- no, well, the, the Super League's been in talks for years. And I think that's more like they feel that because, so for example, in, in Europe, you could say the big clubs are the ones that like, like when they, when they have deals, they're the ones that sort of feed the smaller teams in their respective leagues. Mm-hmm. But if you were to have one Super League where it's all these really big clubs, they could they could just demand more money overall. Um, so that's kind of what what the idea behind that is. <laughs> this this is a bit different. This is like two way. So it's like twofold for Liga MX. It means money or more money than what they would make from the average Molero game that they would have played anyways. So yeah. there's one thing where it's like, why are you complaining? You, you would have gone and seen them play Sacachispas or whatever Europeans B team they bring. Um, so that's what's in it for Mexican teams. They, they, get, they get more money. And for MLS, is more clout because if they, if they could look good, against the Liga MX and they might make a fan or two or people would be more willing to watch the league here if they see that, you know, their teams can hold their own. Yeah. One thing that needs to be clear is this is not going to be like a preseason type of tournament. They will be suspending league play for this tournament to be disputed. So well, they say for one month because yeah, it says um, one month. Yeah, but they said that it's gonna like suspend league play. Like it says un mes the league's cup sin parar cada verano, and I guess because um, who whose calendar would it cut into? You know. Um. um so because I think. I think. Um, yeah, we need to see. Yeah, keep in mind this is this is going to happen in like 2023. So there's we're still a long ways away from this becoming a reality, but yeah. The details we'll we'll find out as as we get closer to it. I'm trying to read here. Well, look, I'm saying if if my take is that this is during the Liga MX preseason, but if they're willing to spend it, they suspend their league for one month, then we have to assume they're they're getting some good, you know, some good change out of this. Change, yeah. I mean money. Absolutely. You know, they're not just going to do it out of charity or the kindness of their heart. I mean, there's obviously <laughs> something in it for them. And right now they've been... They've been making pretty good money um, selling players to MLS. That's the other big thing that, you know, that a lot of people are forgetting. Liga MX has been selling their talent over here 
and that's that's another thing that could help uh, them just showcase some of these other players that might want to eventually make the make the jump. Yeah, I mean, we all know what the agenda is. We're trying to merge the two leagues together. I guess this is going to be the closest thing we have to it. We know that there is a lot of interest in Liga Mekis here in the United States. Uh, we know that, you know, we have a lot of Mexicans here living in the States that are willing to pay to watch their, their clubs play here. And uh, this is a cash cow for, for the U.S. And uh, it's being exploited. This isn't for bettering the region as far as like the level of competition. I think that Mexico should still try to get their way into Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana. I think that that should be, should be the uh the priority. But I understand, you know, you're hosting a World Cup with the United States and Canada and this is another part of like that piece to to convince FIFA that, you know, we're all in this together, but it's yeah, for me it's just money. It is, and same with with why Mexico isn't in those tournaments you mentioned. Because, and I, I'm pretty sure it has to do with money. They probably Mexico feels they deserve a bigger piece of the pie. Now, if Colmebol is not willing, then they're gonna go with you know the highest bidder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I will. Yeah, and, and like, well, you, you said about bettering the region. I actually do think it betters the region, uh, unless you were saying improve, improve the Mexican league. Well, then no, because they're they're playing teams that are not stronger. But in the long run, if the region improves, then it will help. But not not currently. Uh, it's, it is, but it is better because I think what it's also. No, I thought it was Canadian teams. Is it also Canadian teams? Um, well, it's the no, right? MLS, and there are some Canadian teams in the MLS: Montreal, Toronto, um, I think Vancouver as well. So there's three Canadian teams in MLS. So yeah, they will be participating as well. But you know, who's gonna watch? <laughs> Juarez versus Austin FC or, you know, Atletico San Luis versus Minnesota or Cincinnati. I mean, there's there's a lot well, of teams. Fans, they're fans, Jaime, because, I mean, <laughs> I watched when Chivas played Libertadores, they weren't exactly playing River Plate and, and, and Vasco da Gama every week. They got to play uh-huh. <laughs> some of these other teams that aren't, aren't as as flashy but i would still you want to see how how your team measures up and and like what you mentioned in austin like you know for for, that's a very new club it's only like a two years old or something yeah so for for their fans yeah i imagine it's very exciting to to see their teams in international play you sound you sound very negative I know. I'm just upset. You know, it's like it sounded like it was going to be like a big announcement. I thought that we were going to get back into Libertadores, and then, you know, this is just. And the reason why I'm upset is because, look, like, I understand if this was close. I understand if there was like some level of competition, but the fact is, MLS has not won the the Conca, Conca 
Champions League <laughs> since the year 2000. And Mexico has won it 16 seasons in a row now. And it's it, and you know right now we have the League's Cup final and you have Seattle Sounders versus versus Leon. I'm sure it'll be competitive. I'm sure Rodriguez um will will do everything in his power to try and and, and bring the MLS some some trophies and some I guess some clout and some some recognition, but at the end of the day, this benefits the MLS more than it be- than it benefits the Mexican League. And I know that in that it also includes Guadalajara because let's be honest, they're not they're not anywhere near close to winning a championship or or even meeting the qualifications to get into the Champions League. So this would be an opportunity for them uh, to get back in the Champions League and and eventually a Club World Cup. So I know I understand that it does benefit you know a team like like Chivas, but you know it's not the kind of news that I was hoping for. But I digress. Yeah, no, you would have to see out. You see an announcement from FMF and Conmebol. But I, I do think eventually, if they get it right, if the ratings are high, I do feel that they could make a cup where they would invite the South American teams, at least the the, yeah. the better ones, and and have a, a you know a pretty good tournament where you could have Boca Juniors and Flamengo and whatnot, some of these some of these well-known teams. And and that is a possibility. Um, but this thing is just getting started, so it could be a while. But, I mean, because there has been, you know, in the past, there was um, Copa Interamericana. I think that's what it was called. But it was the champion of, of the of CONCACAF the Conca champions versus the Libertadores champion, and they would they would battle it out. Um, so I mean, it's I do think it's possible, and we already had a Copa America Centenario with you know that was mm-hmm. played in the U.S. and and it was both Concacaf and Conmebol teams. So I mean, yeah, I, I do think it's very possible that that we we might eventually see something. Yeah, I think when uh, the Copa Libertadores final between Boca and River happened, and you know that that incident happened about the the bus getting attacked, and they were talking about hosting the final in a neutral venue, and there was talks about it coming to the states. In the end, it ended up being in El Santiago Bernabéu in Spain, but you know the U.S. were very quick to volunteer to uh, to host the final of Libertadores, and I think that would have been a great opportunity to uh to have had you know even even though uh you know both teams were from argentina i think just seeing the kind of uh interest in the states would have been would have been huge a step further closer to having some type of joint effort um but you know just to give you an indication of like this region and and how desperately i want mexico back in i mean we had the owner of a team in Suriname in a in a an official match in a no. nation's uh it, it's it, it's called the um Concacaf League and they played against Olimpia de Honduras and the owner of Suriname's he ended up playing 
<clears throat> He's 60 years old. <laughs> <clears throat> He's living the dream, Jaime. I mean, shit, imagine. I would do that if I could. <clears throat> no, I know, I know that makes it a bit of a joke. And Suriname is not, it's pretty um, amateur league, semi-pro at best. And furthermore, they shouldn't even be in CONCACAF. Yeah, that's they in, in South, South America. America. Yeah, I'm about to say, they're in South America. <laughs> Somehow they broke them in. And, uh, well, there they are. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think that... I, I don't put much stock just because the type of league it is. And it's not like... They're not very like Suriname. You know, it's not like you don't. Aside from this, you rarely hear. You rarely hear from them. You yeah. Know? Aside from this incident, it's like when's the last time they made news? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But uh, I mean, that happened today <laughs> in an official match. It's not like you know, like a friendly or a. Yeah, he played and he kept in the team, right? I mean, that team must have been, like, not playing so good. He must have been like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, when you own the team, you can do whatever you want. It's like the – we saw that happen earlier, right, with, like, the owner's kid. He was playing, in, I think, in like, <laughs> Ch- in, like, China or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he's all right. He's <laughs> slow, slow, but he, he gives the rest of us hope, Jaime. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's giving everybody hope is La Trophies. Um Everybody thinks that he's like fat and overweight or he doesn't look like an athlete. Um, you know, I, I get to see him out here in the Bay Area and I, I can attest to you guys that he, I know he has like a chunky face, but he's not he's not overweight at all. But everybody, everybody's looking at this kid, and you know he just scored five goals in two games, and everybody's like, "Dude, he looks like he's like really fat." I'm like, "Dude, he's not, fat. he's not fat. Believe me, he's not fat." <laughs> yeah, it it was that it stayed with him, huh? That image because he he showed up. I don't know if you remember Jaime, but this dude showed up to the Chivas training camp. Like, it's like a couple over, pounds overweight. Overweight, yeah. yeah. And this was when Chivas Pelayas had come in and they had just invested a lot of money. And, you know, they were getting ready to start competing now for, you know, going to Liguilla and whatnot. And this, and you would think he would be hyped up. And it's, it's the opposite, man. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I, I think, and there's what we talked about, about how, you know, he needed to take advantage of this opportunity he's having because no club in Mexico offered for him. Like no, nobody wanted him. Mm. No one, no one, not even on loan. This guy would have been at Tapatio right now. He would have been one season from ending up in the Guatemalan league or some league in Central America. Cause you know, he would have been partnering up with Gulit because <laughs> He's just seen as damaged goods, and and no one was taking him serious. Yeah. So here he is in San Jose, and he's, I guess, took him a while to you know. Yeah, he's barely. Yeah. He's he's 
well, the last two games he's he's been showing with, you know, he's always shown he could do these type of things. I don't expect him to have that type of performance, like hat trick every game or goles olímpicos. But I know he could perform at a high level. So you yeah. don't have to be scoring or giving assists. But people could tell when you're like you're on fire, or you're like you're playing so good, and uh, you make your teammates look better mm-hmm. and things like that. Where even if you didn't score or give an assist, you were still a big part of of helping your team win because they probably had to double, you know, two man mark, you know, doble marca and whatnot, or or you were just you probably like went to three guys and that opened up a lot of space for one of your teammates to make a run and score. So things like that. But um, I, I, I hope he's, I hope he stays like, you know, he continues in this form because I do think he, he came very close to like just his career, you know, going down the yeah. gutter. I mean, he's one of those players that you can, you can easily see end up in like the third division somewhere, you know, like other, other players do. Yeah, there's a lot, and, and yeah, there's a lot of players like that. I mean, and they just that, uh, their career just yeah. tanks. We've said it here before. I can't remember his name. I don't know if it was Quick Mendoza. It was one player that had been in Liga MX, and they were like, he was playing in Central America. I think Guatemala. I don't remember. And they were interviewing him, and they would ride in the back of a pickup truck. To go to the game. <laughs> That's a, I'm not kidding. It sounds, it sounds like like you know making fun or whatever. But this dude jumped on top. You know, one of those four by four pickup trucks, and they took the players to. They're not even a bus. None of that. I guess it must have been like a, some team in a, in a ranch somewhere. I don't know, but yeah, small I have town. no idea. But that's that's where he had end up, and we've seen other players end up in in teams like that, very small teams, small town teams. I I think of uh, Marco Granados, you know, Chivas, promising player, ends up playing in Nicaragua, ends up playing in Greece, ends up playing in El Salvador. Now he's finally back in Guadalajara playing for uh, Leones Negros. But yeah, a lot that happens to a lot of kids, man crazy yeah and i have to wonder and he's only like, 24 i have to wonder how much money he would make in nicaragua <laughs> i have no idea you know like how much are they paying him obviously per match or per week i have no idea we got a ton of comments shout out to ricardo he says buenas noches mls is sucking the life okay. Out of Mexican football and Liga MX, these tournaments do nothing oh, but get the owners more cash. And uh, the MLS, huh? I don't finish the comment. He I says don't... the MLS is going to use this cup as a way to poach Mexican talent and standout foreigners that play in Mexico. I see zero yes. benefits football wise. And then yeah, one, one last wise. one last comment. Well, just wants this cup to work so broke Chivas can get a little cash to buy over, overpriced true. Mexican players. <laughs> I, I would not confirm or deny that. I, can, I cannot confirm or deny that allegation. 
No, the the benefit I would say if there is one benefit is is they could the Mexican teams can use it for their youth. That's about it. <laughs> uh, it would I wouldn't see any until it's long term. But yeah, he's right. But I, I wouldn't call it poaching because this is what Liga MX has decided the direction they want to go into us of um, you know of of selling players almost of becoming a feeder league. And there was oh man, Ron posted the comment from one of the directivos mm. where they were talking about becoming that type of league. You know, because big reason why they have, uh, you know, the rules where they could have so many foreigners and they have been selling them. And MLS is going to be one of the leagues that will pay them, you know, pay more money. But but um, I do. I, so I wouldn't say poach. Poach is like what the Europeans do to the South American teams or they're pretty much you know, they'll, they'll take their talent for some fire water and beats. They pretty much give them peanuts for for a lot of the talent. Not 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 all the players, but for, for many talented, especially youth, they would they would like almost whisk them away. But th- this would be more of like the negocio, you know, because the, they do make money. They'll buy the, you know, Liga MX will buy the, the it's easier for Liga MX to, to, to bring in some of these players and then for them to to do good in Liga MX because MLS shoots themselves in the foot with all these DP and all these like rules that they have. Mm-hmm. So that that just benefits Mexico. Yeah. But I mean money money I mean come on we they need money that big that's how these teams stay afloat. We we already seen a lot of teams that you know they went under because they didn't have money to 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 stay up. Uh, Lobos blew up. We have Jaguares. They were showing the stadium. Veracruz. Like, they were showing the Veracruz stadium too. It looked like like from a zombie movie. It's all like just falling down. I know. It's Veracruz sad. also. And on that note, they finally arrested Cudi. He seemed like he was untouchable, but I think he finally went to jail. <laughs> he was the owner of, of Veracruz. Um, you see Leon, who was one of the historic big teams, and, and they don't even, they're owned by Grupo Pachuca, you know, which was one of the smallest teams at one point. It's almost like Atletic, not even, it's almost like uh, Rayo Vallecano eventually owning Real Madrid. <laughs> it pretty much is, because Pachuca, even though they're old, they were. Just you know, does the joke Ranchuca, you know, small team, and and they end up owning Leon and and just all this stuff. But I mean, so so yeah, we used to, I mean Atlas right now, you know, owned by Grupo Legi. So yeah, man, they need the money. So I I know you guys would prefer South America or or European partnership, but. Those guys aren't knocking in Liga MX's door, man. That that's just not there. And uh, the MLS, they're like the they're like the Evangelicos coming every Sunday <laughs> talking to you about the word. <laughs> the other teams are not, man. That's just the you know the sad truth. There's just no offers from those. So 
you have to eventually take take the better deal and this will help them at least money wise to 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 maintain a a good level of play yeah it's like when you go to a prom and you know a girl asks you out and you're like well i don't really want to go with you but i also don't want to go stag so then you go then you go <laughs> to the dance floor and you see the hot girls and but you got to dance with the one that brought you and uh right now mls is the one that brought us and is bringing us revenue and and making an effort to try and make this happen so we just kind of have to deal with it uh, another student by ricardo saying that the excuse to not play libertadores in sudamericana was the calendar and now they're going to find a way to make this turd cup work <laughs> uh, uh we also have a wolf's and sheep's clothing shout out he says uh love you bros and uh yeah Thank you guys for being active thank in the you. chat. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm feeling the love. No, I mean, yeah, it wasn't an excuse, but I, it was more of the excuse for the fans. Was, you know, we, I'm pretty sure it has to do with money, uh, television rights, and all of that. I do feel that's that's a big reason why they eventually didn't want didn't want to um, be in that tournament. So. I don't know. I don't know who's going to fold, you know, probably Conmebol. I think eventually we'll, we'll get back in, hopefully, one day. So, you know, Sunday we talked about Vucetich leaving, uh, getting fired. Uh, Ricardo Pelaez has yet to announce a new coach. Micheliano <laughs> will be the intern. And... Uh, we weren't able to talk about the rest of the results in Liga Mekis. We kind of mentioned uh, Rayados beating Tigres. And that was a big, big victory for Javier Aguirre. And uh, do you think uh, Piojo is uh, is being exposed out there? Or do you think he's still doing a good job for Tigres? No, he's, he's doing a good job. I mean, he... Monterrey is one of the candidates, really good coach. No shame there, you know? Yeah, Monterrey, uh, with that victory, puts them at fifth position, 14 points. Tigres, they have 13, uh, three wins, four draws, and two defeats. Yeah, yeah, Monterrey, that's the one thing where they should... Well, they're not. They're, they don't seem as strong as as they should be. But we've talked about how this league, how it's very, it's pretty even. So they're basically just six points from first place. Yeah, it's splitting hairs. America, which is two games. So they're in fifth, and it's just the six points. And then Leon, who has fifteen, they're just five points. And then um, Atlas this is the surprise, man. They they're. They've always been at the bottom, but they're in third. So I guess we're beginning to see the, the Orlegi influence, and they're at 16 points. So with just one point difference from fifth to third, 14, 15, 16. And then, uh, so, and then Atlas from 
first and second place is just three points. So uh, a doble jornada can can alter this stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's that's been the thing with, with this league. I guess one of the things that makes it so exciting and uh, that just how competitive this team stay and, and they, need, they need money to keep buying players. That's why they... One thing I did want to point out. Two leagues cups. Yeah, one thing I do want to point out. Uh, a scene that I thought was a little bit alarming over there was Carlos Salcedo getting subbed out prematurely after a. Uh, it seemed like a flagrant foul. He went for a for a ball that was pretty much like going out, and he he he, he tried to like take out Funes Mori, and uh, I don't know if that was the reason why Piojo took him out, but he got subbed out. He was not happy, and him and Piojo almost like fought each other. They were yelling. Uh, it, it, it didn't look good, is all I'm saying. And I mean, we've seen it where players uh, and and you know they they sort of poison the well, and then you get other players involved, and all of a sudden the coach gets kicked out. I mean, that's the reason that uh, Vucetich was fired. Belaz says that uh, there was some internal. Uh, conflicts going on. So, I mean, would you be surprised if if Piojo's tenure at Tigres is uh, shortened and he ends up getting uh, fired if if they don't have, I would say, uh, a respectable season? I, I would say the only player where I would I would see like where he would have a Differences with it would have to be Gignac. Mm-hmm. He's like their untouchable. He's he's their like their main attraction. So any yeah. other player, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, you have to please Gignac if you're not spoiling him, making him the the man. Then they're probably gonna find a way to turn against you and get him, get you kicked out. It's like Messi, you know, Messi is basically untouchable. Although Pochettino subbed him out uh, the other day, I guess he had an injury, but uh, you rarely, rarely see Messi get subbed out. Same thing with Gignac. Yeah. And also we should note that it's something that we didn't, or we rarely saw with, with Tuca and, and again, but, but Tuca had such a, such a close relationship with the old, with the old directiva, which is not not there anymore. Big reason he's also gone, and that's why players knew that and that they knew not to mess with him. Uh, I guess there are some of these guys probably testing the waters with Piojo, but I mean Piojo, dude, he's he's been around, man. He's he's been around. He knows what's up. I'm I, sure. I think. I'm pretty sure he worked with Salcedo when he coached the national team, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess some of these guys forget, though. You know, uh, we have to forget. But we have a comment from Ricardo saying that uh, Salcedo said that he came back from Europe because he had nothing to do on the weekends over there. <laughs> 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 and then we have a really good comment from Fernando. Saludos, Fernando. He says uh, the MLS is using our football to improve until they don't need us anymore. Mexican suits. Venden las nalgas for for money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I don't I don't agree with the, they don't need us anymore. Uh, uh, 
I, I do think if this league blows up, they would take Max right along with him. The only reason would be is if Max drops the ball and, and they don't take advantage, you know, because you you need that rivalry, you know, the, the yin and yang. You have, like, in South America, Brazil, Argentina, and whatnot. So that's that's the big rivalry for, at least for the gringos in the U.S., it's U.S. versus Max. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't say they would take things away. It's it's this is for Max to lose. It's it's you know, it's it's for them to lose this this opportunity they have of taking advantage of this league, not just not just of using it to sell players, but also even to to promote their talent to to send players like trophies that would have been long forgotten and they having a second chance. Even someone like Pulido. These guys would have not gotten. He wouldn't have gotten the money he's getting at any any other club. He had it at Chivas, and then he knew. Big reason he went, right? He knew, like, even though he won the gold scoring, no one was going to pay him what he was making. Yeah. And and again, the offers weren't exactly raining on the door, so he came to this league where he's he's, you know, he's cleaning up, and so that I. I do see it as a big opportunity because we talked about this yesterday, how there's less Mexicans playing in Mexico. Not, not only are there less Mexicans now, even there's players, less coaches. Even coaches. Yeah. Two coaches left. There was three with Buse. Now there's only two. They just played each other. <laughs> I was already talking about firing people. <laughs> We're going to um, be left with one. <laughs> and MLS has one, which is Gonzo. Uh, He's, Seems to be doing really good at, I think it's Atlanta where he took over. Um, and so I do see that, like, eventually, like, I could see more more coaches coming over here and doing well uh, if they wanted to, you know. Um, so I do think it's a big opportunity. I know a lot of the people don't like it, but if you can make money, if you can make a good living, then why not, you know? Yeah. That's that's always been my take. I mean, even Matias is here. I don't know how he gets. I still can't figure out how he gets a pass, man. His fans are just very forgiving of him. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they were they were like dead last before he came in. So I mean, no, and and even see, eventually it didn't happen because all these Mexicans got injured. But this was a clear indication where we're at, where the the All-Star game was going to have MLS with more Mexican All-Stars than the Mexican <laughs> and the Liga MX All-Stars. And bigger names to boot, like Chicharo and Vela. Just, you could stop there. Yeah. Those two combined make up. a lot of money. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see... <laughs> I don't see them... Um, Dropping them, like saying, "All right, we you're worthless." I I do think if this league were to blow up, uh, and I think like look back like NBA, where it didn't really blow up until like the 80s. You go back to 60s, 70s, and you're looking at the, it was like that movie with uh, Will Ferrell. What <laughs> semi-pro? Semi-pro. It was, it was pretty <laughs> much like that, uh, to some extent, you know, and and. And then around the 80s, it just up sudden it blew up and it became huge. And so 
it could happen, you know, I'm not saying it will, but it could, it's a possibility. And if it does here in the US, TV and on and whatnot, sponsors, because, you know, and I do think it would, it would elevate Liga MX as far as like the money that they would make and that the type of players they could bring. Man, I do want to bring up uh, Juarez a little bit. Duca Ferretti's got them back with a three-game winning streak. They beat Cruz Azul, which was a big upset. Uh, they beat Leon, and then just today they beat Atlético San Luis. Uh, that puts them in eleventh position with eleven points. Uh, I know in the beginning of the season I was a little bit nervous, you know, because. <laughs> You know, it's Duca, and he's, he's he doesn't have the same tools that he, he did at Tigres. Um, he but, has one. He has one. But now, now he's got them uh, on the right course. He he has one big tool, not, no pun intended. The president of of uh, el presidente el presidente Juarez. He was the he was one of the main dudes at Tigres, so he's he's the guy that brought him over, and. That's why I knew he wouldn't get sacked when we, you know, early on in the season we we're talking about Miguel said, he, Angel he Garza. Yes, sir. I said he didn't bring him over to sack him. To, you know, a month in, he's gonna give him the whole season and uh, and but yeah, Tuca man, he's an old wolf. I, I don't. I'm not surprised he has him doing good. Yeah, I was looking at some familiar faces over there. Juarez, Hugo Gonzalez. Uh, you had uh, Paul Aguilar. Uh, you also have... Those were seleccionados, weren't they, at one <laughs> point or another? Yeah. <laughs> you have uh, Jose Madueña, who is you know the player that Velaz bought from Cruz Azul to bring to Chivas and didn't really play. He also has uh, Oscar Macias, who's a prospect from Chivas. So, and you have Marin, uh, used to be a solid defender for Chivas. So there's there's a lot of familiar familiar names over there. Oh, and of course, how can we forget Marco Fabian? <laughs> so oh, I, was, I forgot about that guy. I forget that he was just you know they were just using him for yeah, he's still there. You know, like supermarket openings, he would go and just. Cut the ribbon, <laughs> take pictures, <laughs> go home. <clears throat> and of course, how can we not talk about Toluca beating America? I know Ricardo's a big America fan, and it's funny that he's avoiding any America talk in the chat. But yeah, they <laughs> they got their shit pushed in by Toluca three one, convincing victory for Toluca. And it was number one versus number two. So uh, they're now tied on points, 20 apiece. The two best teams in Mexico after nine matches. Uh, but what a what a great job Cristante has done on his, uh, his second second chance, right? His second go at uh, Toluca. Yeah, it, it really surprised me. I, I wasn't expecting him to do this well. But here we are, Jaime. And you posted a picture of a newspaper. Oh, I did. I, I don't know where I... I I thought that was fake, uh, but you're telling me it's real. Yeah, it was a real, uh, you know, not a... The headlines were, were like Calvur, <laughs> you know, uh, 
It just, I just, I don't, it's like a mil chistes covering soccer. If anybody's old enough to remember mil chistes. It's like one of those magazines you see on the street. Pasala? Is it called Pasala? I think it's called Pasala. Yeah, Pasala. And it says La Cabeza del Chorizo. <laughs> Les entró. <laughs> They're trying to be clever. Why is saying it was three headers? <laughs> and uh... you could tell people aren't buying uh, because everything has gone to social media. So, you know, you would go, especially in Mex, you would have all these Mexican newspapers. And and uh, people will go and buy them, and sometimes even buy three of them, even though it was a lot of the same news. Mm-hmm. But just to have like a tidbit or like a different perspective. Yeah. But you could tell how it's all changed with social media. You get on Twitter, and and you could you could see the press conference on Twitter. You could you could even have the people tweeting and whatnot, or you could be interacting with, with the journalists. So I know it's, it is crazy. You know how we get our information now. And it used to be the newspapers and the magazines, sucker mania. One of my favorite magazines in Mexico. Um, now it's like on Twitter, everything's on Twitter now. Yeah. And you know, my favorite, and I'm going way back, way, way back. It was this magazine called Tiro de Esquina. Oh, okay. And it was, it was, it was like crudely made. It was crudely made. It was, it was like, like the the page would eventually like fade. That's how cheap <laughs> it was. Yeah, it wasn't even like magazine stock. It was like this just cheap paper, and um, you could fold it like you could fold it easily and put it in your pocket. But I liked it because it would it would give you all the stats. So I'm going way back. You didn't have medio tiempo or none of that. So you would you it would have like the tabla de goleadores, the, the main tabla, and all of that stuff. Mm. And then they would have some articles, and then they're like some cheap poster in the middle that you had to like tick the staples off. But that was that was one of my favorite. Uh, think i've lost him i might have one unless it, it already like you know this in, disintegrated <laughs> and then record eventually made a magazine i think it was in early may like around 2005 maybe or when was it 2000 somewhere around that time record had a, a pretty good it was like a weekly magazine uh-huh it was pretty good. I don't know if you if you ever saw it. It was similar to the 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 Mania magazine you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Soccer Mania. I would go to Mexico in the summertime, and uh, it was like a <laughs> comically large magazine. It was huge. It was like oh, okay, the you big. Got to see it too. Yeah, it was huge. It was like like a newspaper article, like. It was so big. I had some of those. Yeah, they were cool. And then because uh, they re- they remade it, Jaime. But, they did. Uh, they made him smaller. Yeah, smaller. 
but I got to, I, I did buy some of them in Mexico. Yeah, they were like 10 pesos. I, <laughs> I, which is like a dollar. Um, but I, I, um, I had the one that detailed Alberto Medina's injury. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's, I, w- I wish I that's could how, find a that's copy how of that old one. There was. Yeah, and it had like a picture. <laughs> oh, like, dang. The picture of the leg with the ligaments and all. <laughs> like, like Grace Anatomy. And it was just, and I was like, what the fuck that is this? That was a horrific um, injury. I knew the second he went down, I'm, I knew it was like, oh, he's out. He's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he did come back and win at least one league. Yeah. But he came he back, done. but he, he was a shadow of he was, yeah, he was really good. I mean, he was so good. He he wrestled Ronaldinho because he kept clowning. I don't know if it was Vampeta. He kept clowning some defender. It was a friendly game played it was, uh, in Mexico versus Brazil and in, then Jalisco. In Jalisco, yep. yes, with uh, the Nigri scored a goal, mm-hmm. and he was just kept juking this this one defender. Ronaldinho eventually came down and had. Yeah, he's like, hey, you don't get to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, dude, to to piss that guy off on 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 Botrix, who's he kind of known for that. You, you gotta, and you know, part of it was because he was so he was like seventeen when he was doing that. That's the other part. He was, I kid he was you, like seventeen yeah. or eighteen. So he was young. He was seventeen or eighteen. I know he debuted at seventeen. So, but I know I, he was probably. I know he was under 20. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there was... Uh, I don't know if it was a Toulon tournament. But uh, it was a tournament where both... Um, Alberto Medina and Cristiano Ronaldo played each other. And Alberto Medina was like named the player of the tournament. So... Yeah? Just to give you an idea. I Although... although... <coughs> I don't think he would have. He would have. He would have surpassed CR seven, but um, <laughs> just because I mean I, I know talent wise he the talent was all there, but you need you need other you know other departments. Would he would he have had that like the physical you know and and the mental and all that? But yeah, that's how good he was. I I do, but I do feel he would have. He would have had a better career than he had. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the whole Toulon thing with him. Yeah, it was 2003. Man, that's... Whew. 18, 18 years ago? Yeah. Kind of crazy Ronaldo's still playing, scoring goals. Wants to play until he's like 40. <laughs> There's been there's Sanetti played. He was like 42, I think. Meanwhile, we're still waiting on Messi's first goal for PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it in the Farmers League. Uh, we got a bunch <laughs> of comments. Uh, Juarez should have yeah, kept the Indios name instead of being called Bravos. Yeah, I remember that. Those Indios de Ciudad Juarez. I remember uh, Paulo Aguilar also played for that team. And I think they were got mad at him because he was on loan from I want to say Pachuca, scored against Pachuca and celebrated the goal. And then 
he ended up going to a medic after that. They sold him. But yeah, I remember <laughs> Indios de Ciudad Juarez. They folded, unfortunately. But yeah, we have a big, big match coming up on Saturday. Uh, Chivas versus America. Now with uh, a new coach or intern coach, like how confident do you feel uh, going into that match on Saturday? I don't know, man. I uh, I don't know. I I think it's good that America lost. So there's there's that. Chivas was coming in from a, they're in a four-game undefeated streak, having won their last game. So, so you have that, you know, sort of like, but, but I would still rate America as, as the stronger team. So I don't know, man. I, I, I know Leano has that, he won his last, the, the, when, when he coached the team last time, he won the two games. He yep. did play pretty weak opponents. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. And it is a classical. You know what they say? It's a whole, it's a whole other ball game. I can't. I'm, I'm looking at my crystal ball, but I, I it's cloudy. It's cloudy, Jaime. I, I can't see anything. <laughs> well, I, I will say this: like, it doesn't matter what form. And then we talked about this, I think, on the emergency episode. It doesn't matter what form you're in going into El Clasico. That is a completely different. You know, it's a, a completely different, it's like a separate thing. It's like a separate tournament. Um, you know, it's kind of like when Atlas play against Chivas, like they treat that as like the World Cup final. So it's like, you know, it's it's one of those games where it's like, it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're like crawling into that match, if you're in really good form or you're in really bad form. Um, players will rise to the occasion. I will say though, it's been a long time since I saw like a really, entertaining back and forth like match i was i was looking at some older highlights there was like a match in like 2003 where it was in el, in el azteca uh chivas scored a goal early off a penalty and then the referee called two penalties he actually called up four penalties in that match uh two for chivas two for america zamborano scored twice and then ramon missed his second penalty in the end, Chivas ended up winning 3-2. And I remember the very last play of the game, uh, the ball's in, in inside the 18-yard box, and uh, Osvaldo clears it off the line. And then the rebound goes to the America player, and then Reynoso dives, and he blocks the ball with his hands. This is before VAR, and uh, Chivas ended up winning that match. And everybody in the stadium knew like what had happened. Um, and it was like, for me, it was like one of those games where you were just like, you just couldn't, you couldn't sit down. It was, it was so entertaining from like minute one all the way to the 90th minute. And I, I, I just missed that kind of passion that was in those matches. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Although I didn't see the Copa por Mexico game. That was like seven goals for three or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since we had that type of that type of game. Yeah, actually, that's probably the last time I saw that kind of back and forth, the 4-3 victory from Chivas. Yeah, definitely. I think when, I think, was it, man, my memory is hazy, but I think 
I think, and this was like, you look at the coaches, it would have been like a Champions League. They would be coaching Champions League, but it was Leo Benhiker coaching Chivas. And I think they were playing America that was being coached by Marcelo Bielsa. Oh, wow. And yeah, <laughs> I forgot the number. I used to know the classical number. Uh, but you could Google it through that, and you probably could find it if you guys are interested. And, he coached and America in 95, 96. Who? Bielsa. Yeah. Yeah. My memory tends to lie to me sometimes. I mean, it rewrites. It does its own <laughs> But I remember, uh, I think America was winning 2-0 and Chivas came back to win 3. Oh. 3-2. Yeah, and there was one goal. I, I, was it against them? I think Misael Espinosa, where it was like the goalie kicked it and then a, a defender like with his head prolonged it and then Misael Espinosa one shot like scored. And I don't know if it was against them though, but I'm going to let my, my fan fiction, I'm going to go with it. I just Googled uh, 96 and it was 5-0 Chivas America. I don't know if it was that match. No, that was with um, they had they had um, La Volpe. La Volpe was the coach of America. Oh. And uh, I don't know if it was Tuca. Tuca might have been the coach for Chivas. Don't worry, we'll find it. Whether or not be at the end of this episode, but I'll I'll find that match. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy though to have those two world class coaches. Oh wow! I guess this lit up the chat. We have uh, why hasn't Mexico been able to produce another player like Hugo Sanchez? Uh, Mexico will never win anything without difference makers. That's what separates the good, the bad, and the elite. Uh, Fernando says, uh, Chivas sacó el paraguas by firing Vuce before a Clásico 40 chess from Peláez. <laughs> and Ricardo says, uh, my guy Peláez is doing his job well. The inside sabotage is going as planned. <laughs> I mean... Who knows? Maybe this this whole thing is just a uh, a scheme, you know. I mean, look at uh, Oribe Peralta, you know. It's like he he ended up sabotaging Chivas more than helping us. So I, I still I still believe in him. <laughs> oh my god! Even after that terrible miss against Pachuca, I don't know how anybody can well, defend I, him. I, I, okay. I mean, not defending. He's not making defending that he he's sucks. making two million a year, bro. Come on, man. There's no defending him. That's a lot of money. Here it goes, man. I found it. You found it? Yeah. Hold on. And it's talking about, wait, I 
Ricardo says Osvaldo Sanchez was overrated keeper. Name another keeper that kept a clean sheet for an entire Gold Cup tournament. Go ahead. I'll wait. Wait, what was that? Um, Ricardo claims that Osvaldo Sanchez was an overrated keeper. And my counter argument is uh, name another goalkeeper that kept an entire clean sheet for a Gold Cup tournament. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, he had... He had his thing, but um, no, I'm I'm not just quick on on Oribe. I'm not defending him that he sucks. I think he's damaged. He's broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't think he's sabotaging. I do think he he wants like you know from the bottom of his heart to go out to go out you know to ride off into the sunset having having done like one last one last good game or golazo, not just retiring his boots. Just you know, being like a laughing stock. So my feels are for him, man. I I do think he should have retired, you know, long ago. But I guess he just part of him is not giving up. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that Velaz can do to uh, to help Chivas, especially in these times of need financial crisis is is allowing Peralta to leave as a free agent whenever his contract expires because I mean two million bro I mean they could use that to sign somebody maybe lure in somebody somebody else here here I found an article and it does it it does um it was the 95-96 season Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it says it was the last. Uh, it was it was um. Wait, what was it? It's it said like it was talking about the interesting things of that season, and it said that Tigres were in danger of of um going to second division. But at the same time, they would have, they they were fighting to, they could have won the league. I mean, so they would have gone to second division on, on the coefficient, I, I guess. Uh huh. But yeah, I was right. They did. They were losing zero two, and they ended up winning. Wow. Winning. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, but yeah, they, you could see that game. Yeah, definitely send that to me. I want to see. I want to read that up. We rarely talk about players in Europe, but today we had a match between Getafe and Atlético Madrid. Uh, good news for us, both JJ Macias and Hector Herrera were starters in that match. In the end, Atlético won. Uh, Luis Suarez scored both goals. Um, as far as minutes go. J.J. Mack played about 60-something minutes and then was subbed out for a Turkish player. Didn't uh, he miss a penalty? I heard he missed a penalty. He missed, yeah. Uh, Macias was subbed in uh, last game, and he drew the penalty. He he earned the penalty, but then Eres Unal took it and missed. So, 
Oh, he didn't miss it then. No, he didn't miss it. No, he he they gave it to okay, the, the Turkish just... guy. Yeah. Uh Hector Herrera played 84 minutes, so definitely some good news. I think Macias has yet to uh score for Getafe, so we're waiting on that. It's quite a gamble going on a loan, sacrificing the Olympics just to uh go to Europe on a loan. Yeah, well, I mean, he's following his his dream, you know. He had his plan set up, and and I, I think he has the mentality for it. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think he's prepared to like to write pine or to not get the or to feel that he doesn't have the coach support and whatnot. I, I you know, I, we've seen other Mexican players fold because they think that. The coach is against them or whatnot. All I know is Edis, Edis Unal is kind of like overrated. I remember him being like a big promising player. Uh, I know in like FIFA he was, you know, he, he was like a prospect that you should like buy hella cheap. And, but, you know, he's had a pretty <laughs> abysmal career. And I personally rate Macias over him, so... I don't know why they keep giving him like the treatment over Macias. I think Macias just needs well, needs more more time, more minutes. Yeah, well, I mean the whole being alone thing. They have less to lose, and with the other guy, if he has like a decent season, they could at least try to sell him and and you know use that money to buy Macias. <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, pretty much wraps up this episode. Again, if you guys missed our whole Chivas talk, it was our previous episode. It's called Emergency Meeting. Um, Talked all about the Vucetich leaving, potential candidates. And we're going into a Super Clásico on Saturday, 7 p.m., well, you said you're not confident about that match. I think that Chivas can can get a draw. <laughs> well, I didn't say not not confident. I just said I I uh, I don't know. It could go either way. I'm saying my my crystal ball. I I don't see anything. It's, it's just smoke. <clears throat> well, I'm excited to see how this team operates under Michel Leano. Uh, already drama going around. Uh, on Twitter, there was a video that went viral today. Uh, Michel Leano hand, giving everybody a handshake on the team. And all but one player shook his hand. And that player was Jesus Molina. As everybody knows, that was Vucetich's guy. He was the captain. He was guaranteed to play in every single game. And I'm sure uh, Michel Leano knows what all the fans know. And that is that we much, much rather have... Nene Beltran in the lineup over Molina. So I think like he knows that his days are numbered. And uh, we'll see what kind of lineup we have on, on Saturday. But for me, it's a breath, breath of fresh air. I'm very excited to see how this team performs. And uh, I think Michel Leano um, might, I mean, depending on how this game goes and depending how uh, the rest of the season goes, 
who knows if if the results go his way if he goes another two games undefeated three games undefeated maybe he'll get the the permanent gig yeah even though Pelias did say during the presser that he was interim only so i mean i don't know i i feel that the whole you know Puse being ousted, I, I do think, I don't think them. Drop, drop my mic, my mic. I, I don't think that was Pelaya's move. I, I, I do think it came, you know, from, from above and, and Leano could have probably pushed for that himself. It does have cloud. That's right. You know, his name, his name carries weight and him saying that, like, I, you know, he knows. And then there was talk of like restructuring the, the youth divisions. And that's what Leano was in charge of. So maybe it's a gamble of like. They got rid of um, Alberto Coyote as well, who was coaching Tapatio. Yeah, because really quick, all the, the teams are doing bad. All the youth teams. Tapatio was like in last place or second to last. Yeah, they're not doing well. And the, the, the sub, the sub 20 and the other. Sub eighteen or whatever it's it follows they're they're all like bottom of the table. Tapatio has five points in eight games. They're in dead last. Yeah, and and Tapatio normally for Chivas, well, I say normally, but but more often than not, they would they would be one of the one of the better teams. Oh wow, Ricardo says that they were throwing. Food and drinks at Amaury and his family during the Pachuca game. I don't know if that's true. That's, uh... But I could see that happening. <laughs> also, um, what a terrible, tragic event happened in Philly. America fans murdered another America fan, and now there's like a reward for them. And They got caught. Two of them got caught. Yeah, the, it was, the, was it more than two? There was like... I think three or four of them that. Oh. Yeah. So is this, is this what they want? The league's cup and got hooligans after the game wanting some smoke. I don't know, man. (laughs) No, I think this was a one tragic, unfortunate one-off type of thing. You know, I don't think we see, we see these incidents too often. I mean, you'll have, You'll have like madrasos and whatnot, but this, you know, they they went a bit overboard. I'll be honest. I've been to a lot of amistosos over the years here uh, in the Bay Area in California. And wait, you you cut one, Jaime, right? Yeah, America fans again. America fans attacking yeah. attacking cars. Uh, America played against Atlas here in San Jose. Uh, it was a friendly. And yeah, in the parking lot, which is not really a parking lot, it's just like a dirt patch. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, but some dudes uh, started breaking windows off of this van and there was like a big fight and the van tried to speed off and there was like kids around and it was just a very unpleasant experience there. And uh, we need to know what's going on at America, man. I don't know what's it's going a lot on of with violence you from one club. Yeah, Ricardo, you got to get your your America fans in in 
in order, man. You got to tell them that's not okay to be, to being this violent. And, you know, there was even a, a thing on Reddit, like, Hey, should they ban alcohol from, you know, soccer matches? And I'm like, that's never going to happen in Mexico. I know in Brazil, they did that. Like you're not allowed to drink at the game and stuff. So I don't, I don't think I, I can't see that ever happening in Mexico. Like you tell Mexicans you can't drink at a soccer game, you, you might end up in a fight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they sell sopa maruchan. <laughs> I wouldn't trust, you know, if, if the fans can throw $12 tall boys at the players. I'm not giving them a hot cup of <laughs> noodles. <laughs> I know, I know there's like a tradition uh, at the LAFC matches, like the beer showers when, when a team scores. And I'm like, man, that's like, that's a $12, $15 beer, man. You guys just have that to throw? Like, you are tripping, dog. That's an IPA, man. Can't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, everyone, for the last two days. We've had really good engagement with everyone. We had some some listeners join us on Twitter Spaces on Saturday, on Sunday talking about the uh the tragedy in, in Chivas, the you know, was just getting fired. Uh today a lot of a lot of chats on YouTube. Thank you guys. Um let us know what your predictions are. You know, tag us on Twitter, Cantina MX underscore pod. Um I'm feeling a little bit not too confident, but hopefully we'll get a, a draw out of this match. <laughs> Do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap this up with? Oh, no, sir. I, I've said it all. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and uh, stay tuned for our next episode 304 next week. Thank you guys so much. Be safe out there. Don't kill people, okay? Don't don't go out to games and, and uh, beat people up <laughs> for sandwiches. All right, guys.